I'm Christian Bush. And I'm Cindy Watts. Welcome to our podcast, 52. I turned 52 this year, believe it or not, and I am releasing 52 songs to celebrate. This podcast looks at the relationship between my 52 new songs and 52 of my most popular songs from my back catalog with plenty of stories and laughs along the way. Oh, hey, oh, hey, Cindy Watts. Oh, hey, Christian Bush. What you got for me today? Hold tight. All right. Where do rainbows go when they're bad? I can't wait to hear. Prism. Oh, good. It's a light sentence. (laughs) It's like a double whammy. (laughs) It's like a wrestling move, but a dad joke. (laughs) Okay, just because I care about you, you can have two, because that one just got... Didn't even get a good eye roll. You it, just you just like kind of looked at your foot and you kind of moved your ankle around like I'm unimpressed. <laughs> All right. Ready? What's, what's the yes? I'm ready. Contrary to popular belief, the first French fries weren't actually cooked in France. They were cooked in Greece. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. My kids will love that. See? Yes. Harmless, but worth it. Speaking of kids, this week's uh, 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 pairing is a wonderful little roller coaster ride we're about to take together. Can't wait. (laughs) I can tell from your attitude you can't wait. Um, (laughs) the, The song from 52 is called Headphones. Some fans may know this song because it's been around for a while. And it is paired with another song that's been around for a while, Love or Money. Yes. Um, I love that these two songs are here and I love that kids uh, are a big piece of it because my kids are a big piece of both of these songs. Yes. Um, and so I just, I would just want to kind of jump in. Okay. Jump. Uh, we usually present the, if, if you're new here, we present the song from 52 first. Yes. Uh, and in this case, it's the song headphones. I wrote it with a wonderful writer named Sam Hollander, who if you were to look him up, you would see that he has written songs, hit songs for Train and Panic at the Disco and Leon Bridges. And he is a, um, he's a wonderful, wonderful man. What's even more fun is that I met him when he was pretty much Atlantic Records first white rapper in 1993. Well, that is fun. Because he was signed to Atlantic when Billy Pilgrim was signed to Atlantic. And as our lives have like wandered off into the universe of the music business, he went out and um, helped create and, and, and write songs for boys like girls and all these, all of these bands, all American rejects. Um, And I ended up uh, in a country band. So, uh, and, and as we've come back together, this was one of the songs that we wrote. Um, and he had a man with him at the time cause, uh, Sam doesn't play instruments. He just sings and writes the lyric. Um, and he, he, the, the co-writer as well is named Steve Shebby. And I, I didn't know Steve and, and haven't kept up with him since, but, um, I have recently spoken to Sam Hollander who has moved back to his hometown in New York. Um, and 
moved out of LA and kind of did what everybody did where they like sold their catalog and took mm-hmm. the money and is raising his kid. And, and he, he has, he said to me recently, one of the most important things that I've heard from a writer, which is he said, Christian, this is unbelievable what has happened. I didn't think any of this was going to happen to me. Um, so from here on in, it's play money. It's icing on the cake. What do you want to write? Wow. And when I just spoke to him on the phone, because I called him to let him know that headphones is going to be on the record. And I said, remember that song we wrote a long time ago? He said, yeah. I said, it's going to be there. He said, oh my God, what are you doing now? I said, well, I've been writing musicals and all this other stuff and Sugarland. He goes, oh, I just got asked to do a musical too. I'm in the middle of one. So it's so interesting to see how as craftsmen, um, opportunity follows you as you hit different levels of the, you know, the video game of creativity. And he's always been one for trying anything. And what I loved about this song when we wrote it was, um, (laughs) I put a lot of myself in it. Yeah. Right. And, um, the way that it found its way to the front is that, and we've talked about this a little before when I drove carpool for my kids, um, I did it, especially right after our divorce, you know, I was, you know, we, we would split it. Right. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't one of those missing fathers. Um, and we, we lived kind of equidistant from the school. So Jill lived on one side of it and in, in our old house and I lived in a new house on the other side. And so, um, we went through a lot of work to make a really good divorce. And what that meant is you had to really just show up for your kids all the time. Yeah. And you show up together. You know, just you, you show up separately when your own houses, but you have to show up together. You have to, you have to be up. <laughs> My therapist said, look, you can either do it now before you're divorced or after you're divorced. But, um, uh, you have to work your problems out one way or the other. They don't just go away because you get divorced. The problem is still there. You're just not living with them every day. Mm. <laughs> so we did a lot of work on our problems. Mm-hmm. So that we could. And uh, one of my joys was driving the kids um, in carpool back and forth. And I would, at the time, I was really writing a bunch of songs for Sh- Southern Gravity. And like a lot of songs, like hundreds of songs a year, which is times out to, you know, right every other day, mm-hmm. which probably felt very compulsive. Well, you hadn't done that in so long. I had not. I only had to write 10 songs and they had to not suck and you put them on a record. Right. Two years later, you get to do it again. Um, so it was it was freedom, but it was also uh, interesting to learn at that speed. I was clocking my 10,000 hours quickly. Mm-hmm. And I would try the songs out on kids while we're in carpool. Be like, they would rate the song <laughs> like an Olympic judge or something that right. would be like... That dive was a... 7.9. Oh, yeah, but they had divided it up into sections. Like, I give it a four for melody, of you know, a five for the beat. You know, like, they had different things. And, uh, I mean, eight and 11 or nine and 12 or something like that. They were young. And uh, every time this song came on, Camille was like, that one. I love that one. 
That has a good beat, Dad. I love it. And she has a mind for lyrics. She can hear something once and then sing it. Mm-hmm. And what was weird is I was I was working through some stuff in my divorce during the song. <laughs> <laughs> so she's singing stuff about <laughs> what she shouldn't know about. So I, whenever I would perform the song, and I did a, a, a few times because I, I really liked it, I would try to explain to the audience that, you know, um, the bridge has some references to some things and maybe uh, the, the, the end of it is about a sleepover. <laughs> like I was just trying to do whatever I could to not have to start to explain the situation. But uh, inevitably what this was, was, and it's very true to me. If you have a problem in your relationship, there's a very simple answer, the very quick solution to your problem which is put on your headphones and listen to something. You don't even have to leave the room and you can be gone. You can disappear right in front of somebody. And uh, it's a playful way to talk about a very serious thing. Yeah. So it's a, it's a somewhat sad song, uh, a lonely song, but it's, as usual, couched in the bouncy, happy, jot the bouncing ball of Christian Bush. All right, here it comes, headphones.
just another bed that I slept in. Was that the part that you were worried about, Camille, picking up on? <laughs> yeah. So you picked up on it. And cool. you'll be just another bed that I slept in. Yeah. Yeah. I shouldn't say that about her mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's older now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm... Um, yeah. But what I think is interesting is that um, it makes sense to me why kids uh, would attach to a song like that because... In my headphones, I can be strong. Yeah. Right? This idea that, um, I don't know about you, but my inner life <laughs> was very, um, uh, my inner life was very developed as a child. What do you mean by that? Well, I had imaginary stuff in my head. I, I interpreted the world. I had a very rich way that I interpreted the world around me. Um, I didn't understand a lot you know, growing up in my house. Um, but what I could understand is, is the, the comfort I felt when I put on music. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and in a lot of ways, that's what that song's about. Um, is, you know, when, when everybody else lets you down, just put your headphones on, you know, music will be there for you. Um, and I, I remember when Sam was, you know, you can now hear Sam, the white rapper, like doing his, his joyous thing. And he's just a hook machine is what he is. And you put him with somebody like me and all of a sudden I'm, I've got you whistling like <laughs> for weeks between the two of us, we've got you. Um, but there's something to me when I listen back to a song that I've made or I've written and it feels bigger than what I built it for. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that there's lots of lines in that song for different points in your life. How do you feel about the, the first ones, though? I don't need you like you need me. I think that if someone is going through a breakup... And I don't hear you when you're screaming. I think that... I think that what you're doing, honestly, is em empowering someone who's hurting. In that, in that, it's almost like you're telling them how to talk to themselves. I don't need you like yeah. you need me. All the way down to you're just another bed that I slept in. Whether they <laughs> feel that way or not, right now, you're on their side. You're on their side. Yeah. Let's just hope she didn't think about that one. I mean, she's 16 now. Ah! She would know now. She would know now. But not then. Is she going to listen to this? Did we just tell her? Did we just tell her? No, I don't think Camille listens to anything that I do. <laughs> Which is okay. Eventually. You know, this will all still be sitting out in whatever the internet has become in 20 or 30 years. She'll be like, I wonder what dad said about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, to her, I talk too much anyway. <laughs> um. Interestingly, when this, uh, this pairing, this song pairing happened, um, I wrote this with Jeff Cohen and Matt Thiessen and Matt is in the, um, uh, Reliant K, you know, that band, yes. it's a Christian music band. And we wrote two or three songs the day that we wrote this. And he was very early in my writing, co-writing career with Jeff. He was, t Jeff was taking me around the town and Matt had um had been in a relationship with Katy Perry 
oh. uh, just before this. So I was um, also doing that thing in the room where I was like, hey, talk to me about where you are in your life and da 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 da. And um, I, I love everything about this song for so many reasons. One is um, it is one of those songs that I demoed the same day that I demoed like four or five other things, like flip-flops and a couple other things. It was that far back. And when I did, I heard it back and I went, oh, oh, that's a recording. So people ask me this all the time. They're like, how do you know when you've got a demo versus when you've got a master recording? And my answer is, when you listen to it and it's just bigger than you ever thought it was. Like I didn't understand why I loved it so much. And it turns out that I just didn't recognize myself as being someone who could have done that. And at the time you got to remember, I was just singing versions of Sugarland songs that would be resung. So this was the very first time it hit me in my brain Maybe this could be a thing. And very quickly after that, I had, I didn't have a record deal for Southern Gravity. I had nothing. Mm-hmm. I had just been told by my label that, um, <laughs> this is funny, I'm, interesting that I'm telling you the story, that I had, I had come in with these new recordings and the, the head of the label, Mike Duncan, had said, hey, I'm sorry I can't give you this record deal that you want because I agreed with your manager uh, Gail to, to not put out your solo music. And I said, what? And it's like, no, I, I made a deal with her that just put out Jennifer. So I'm sorry. You, I, I can't help you at all. And I was like, Oh geez. And so from that moment on, I was like really confused. I was like, God, he doesn't even think I'm any good. And they're going to put out her record. And, and, and maybe surely it's over. Maybe this is not just a break. Like I didn't know. Right. And, and Mike was new. He wasn't my label head. He was the label head that just had inherited it from right. Luke who knew what I could do, but this guy had no idea what right. he was, He probably thought I was some jump guitar player in the, in a band that he just, yeah, he didn't know. And, uh, but he was very kind. And I said, well, you know, tell me exactly what y'all said. Right. <laughs> cause it, it was making me nervous that maybe this person that I thought was representing me wasn't representing me. Cause Nobody had told me this. So um, I, I kind of went out into the hallway and I called Gail. I was like, we need to talk. Right. And I went back in and I was like, man, I'm, I'm sorry I wasted your time. I didn't, you know, let's, yeah. let's keep a good dialogue open. He's like, well, bring me your music when you have it. And, um, and I eventually did. But what happened very quickly after that is I got an opportunity to um, go to London and play a show, uh, which would have been my very first solo show very quickly. And it was within a month or two and they were starting a new thing called, uh, C to C, which was this new idea that they wanted to bring country music to other countries. Yes. And, um, so they asked me if I would be, the first act on the first day Mm -hmm. as a solo artist. 
So my first solo gig wasn't at the attic or at the, you know, the basement in Nashville. It was at the O2 Arena. That's hysterical. (laughs) And so I thought to myself, geez, I have an amazing audience here. There's going to be like 15,000 people in the room. And it's live broadcast on the radio. I mean, this was amazing. And I was like, look, if I, to respect this opportunity, I need to have a piece of music out in the world. Right. And it was, it was, the the show was to happen in March and we were in February right then. Holy cow. I didn't realize it was that quick of a turn. And I, as I, as I got into, to, uh, to London, I was writing with a bunch of people, Sasha Scarbeck, we were writing, he had just written the Adele record and I was writing for, um, a couple of other people while I was there. Um, and I thought, man, I should, I should find out if I can release this song, love or money. So I made a deal. (laughs) Surely not. Yes. I made a, I made a deal with the promoter to allow me to send the song to every ticket buyer that day as a thank you for free. Thank you for coming to C2C. Thank you for listening. Here's a new song from Christian. It's yours to have. If you don't want it, that's fine. And I played it that night and released it in London, in Europe. Mm-hmm. And it was not available in the US. So it was only available there. And it came out and people started playing it on the radio there. And that's how I started my career as a solo artist. Um, very quickly, um, it, it, it got the attention of, hey, Christian's doing solo stuff, right. which then led me back to um, where I ended up putting the record out um, with Byron Gallimore, the guy who produces Sugarland. Um, and we created all of what you now know as of Southern Gravity and Lover Money is not on that album. Um, so that's the weird backstory of this song without it. I'm not sure would I'd have what I have. Right. And it was the, it was the other song that my kids were like, they would sing it all the time because it was singable. All right. So you want to hear it? Of course. Do you have any questions before we go any further? And I was just thinking it's <clears throat> it was uh it was fortuitous that Byron Gallimore did not agree to only do one half of the duo. Oh no, yeah. But I mean, what was interesting is that at the time that I had gone to Mike about all that, Jennifer hadn't even made her first record yet. I know. It was it, like she. I don't think she had written the first song for it, but it was just. It's the nature of the business that we are, that we work in, that people do things like this. And it doesn't make a lot of sense, but when you look at it in retrospect, it all leads, it's, it's I tell people all the time, like, don't get so upset about what's in front of you because what's coming is what's supposed to happen. Yeah. You know, and it's a, it's just a hard lesson to learn. It's even weirder to hear about as well, a story, but sure. Okay. You ready for love or money? Which I, I think is one of the most fun things you could ever ask anybody. And you should, whenever you meet somebody like at a restaurant or a bar or whatever, and they're like, hey, you from here? No, I, I was just here. Wow, I just moved here. Why did you move for love or money? <laughs> right? 
Because it's the only reason. We do things for one of two reasons. Love or money. Okay, right. here you go. Here we go. What does it all come down to, Cindy? I heard this rumor. What was the rumor? That it all comes down to love or money. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> it might also all come down to tequila and chocolate, you know, depending on the day. <laughs> How can you choose? How can you choose? <laughs> so do you think that you can tell when somebody is married for love and someone is married for money? Possibly. I also think it can change over time. Oh, I love this. That seems, sounds hopeful. You know, or not. Stumbled it, in. I loved him f- for his love and he got rich. And now I just stay for that. 
maybe. Maybe people do just, I mean, I, I don't really blame people one way or the other, you know. Do, do you think arranged marriages are more successful than love marriages? How much television, bad television do you watch? Almost none. Really? Yeah, no. I, I type too many words to watch uh, much television whatsoever. But but man, choosing your partner and making that work is hard enough. I can't imagine living in a situation where someone else told you who you had to be with. I don't know. They say it's they say it's as as or more uh, successful. It's well, hard to tell. Well, I mean, if you if if you grew up with the mindset that you were going to do what you're told your whole life, yeah, maybe and you, that's and you don't really have free will or you're not allowed to have an opinion, then maybe you're okay with that. But Oh my gosh. Now you're starting to like it's like handmaid's tale at this point. Yeah, but holy crap. Yeah, no. Couldn't do it. And I'm like one of the most agreeable people ever. <laughs> ever. But yeah, no. Always choose love, people. Always choose love. The money will follow. The money will follow. <laughs> Okay, you ready for the ever-twisting thing of this particular song? I am. Let me have it. Sitting on Father's Day yes, with my son. He yes. was playing a video game. I said, I had just been out of therapy. Therapist said, you know, you need to get interested in what your kids are interested in. Don't question them. Don't judge them. Just get interested. I said, what you doing over there? He's playing a game. I was like, what's your game? He's like, it's this game. You got little monsters and... And you, you breed them and they pop out other eggs, which hatch into new monsters. And they each sing a part of a song. I was like, really? He showed it for me. And I was like, huh. At the time, Twitter was new and hip and cool. And so I found out whoever made that uh, game and tweeted them that day and said, hey, big blue bubble, if you ever need words to your song on my singing monsters, look me up. Happy Father's Day. I was just being cute. Right. Damned if they didn't write me back. So, there is a version of Love or Money that is sang by small monsters in gibberish because <laughs> they don't, monsters don't sing in English. Of course they don't. And therefore, the game can be played by everyone around the world who speaks whatever language they speak. So how do you translate for love or money to gibber to monster gibberish for a video game? Well, What's let's let's back up for a second, and we're gonna we're gonna blow Cindy's mind for a second. All right. Also, much like the like barbershop quartet arrangement of Insomniac will blow your mind in the rabbit hole of the internet. Yes. So will love or money and my singing monsters. <laughs> so, the first thing we're gonna do here. Is we're going to explain to Cindy and listeners um, what My Singing Monsters is. Okay. All right. So this is a game that you play on your phone, right? You can you can download it right now. And what because I was a bit of a programmer and a gamer as a kid and a grown ass adult, really. Um, I knew that if we were going to have a relationship with this company, you needed to be. Um, part of the earlier levels because people give up, you know, when you get into the deeper levels of a video game. So they created a monster called the sugar bush and the sugar bush has my hat on 
and he plays a mandolin. So I played mandolin to their original first level, the first island you get to. And you see the sugar bush show up. And then if you get deeper into the world of My Singing Monsters, you find you you can go to different islands and, and then you, you breed and hatch all the monsters on that island that each have a different part of the song that they all sing together, right? It all works in one concert. And now they added at some point when Lover Money came out, they added the Sugarbush Island, which has... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you this and then I'm going to show it to you. Okay. But uh, it has different versions of the Sugarbush with different versions of the hats and boots that I and instruments that I've played on all of my different incarnations. Right. So it has like the incredible machine, like weird top hat on one of the guys. And there's the cowboy hat on one of the guys. And then there's like the, the, the flat brim hat on one of the guy. And they all played it. You're looking at me funny. Okay. It's like many Christian monsters. Okay. See, these are monsters. Every monster has his own voice. The visuals are something else. You discover the monsters and you build their little infectious songs, right? And you grow and breed them all and then you collect them. You could see why my son loved it, right? Well, yeah, it's super fun. Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. This is what happens when you get to the end of the legendary island of the sugar bush. <laughs> oh, no. oh, Lord. I need to make sure we're, yep, we're recording. <laughs> Should we do? You hear it? I Love do. or money? Well, like Richard Sturban from the Oak Ridge Boys in the back. <laughs> Who would have known that the little song that Mike said no to would give him my first show at the O2, start my career in Europe? And then make me forever a seven-piece monster band in the back of an island that you're only going to find if you work hard enough at My Singing Monsters. He just didn't know what he missed. Well, it's just that sentence is just not a sentence I thought would ever come out of my mouth. Well, no. I mean, mean, we could have predicted the My Singing Monsters, but you know the rest of (laughs) it. So I would say right now, um, one of the things that I learned over COVID was how to create these 24-7 always-on channels on YouTube. 
And because I'm a programmer, it took a while to figure it out, but because I'm a programmer, I got it. And it's running and it's still running and it runs on my particular YouTube channel. And what that does is it also creates a chat beside it that just is always on. And in the world of like lo-fi study music, there are people that use that chat to talk to each other across the world. Um, in, in my case, it's only kids that are playing My Singing Monsters talking about, is this the dude that's the sugar bush? And some of them are 10 years old. Yeah. Some of them are 40 years old. <laughs> you, you don't, don't judge a gamer. Don't judge a gamer. But what I'm telling you is that in the world of Christian's upside down cake of I'm here for the party, but I stick around for the, <laughs> for the fun, you know, just, just to watch, uh, love or money with when Jeff and Matt and I wrote it. I don't think we had any of this in mind, but I, I, I love that they are going to get checks for the rest of their life from a strange Canadian gaming platform that'll just keep going populated by monsters populated by monsters i love it see cindy i told you this is going to be all about kids this episode all about kids all about kids do you play video games super mario brothers in like 1995 do you not have like a while you're waiting in the dmv line game on your phone Mm -mm. no might i suggest my singing monsters you know, Paxton downloaded, like, when I told him about Mike Singing Monsters a little bit ago, he, we, we have it. You have it? Yes, he's, he's visited Sugarbush. Ooh, see? Yes. There are pe- so there was before this moment and after this moment, listeners. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, and by the way, I get paid nothing for it being on there. It's just, I thought it would be something cool to do. So, see if you like it. If you like it, let me know. If you hate it. Don't tell me. Don't share. Yeah. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> All right. The week is up. Till next week. Till next week. Till till another dad joke. <laughs> till another dad joke. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Christian Bush here. Cindy Watts. And we would like to thank you for joining us for another episode of 52. If you'd like to write us with questions or comments, you can contact us at 52thepodcast at gmail.com. That is the number 52. Or by leaving us a voicemail at 803-900-5252. Also, remember, the best way to help us is to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Please and thank you. You can follow me at Christian Bush on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can follow Cindy at Cindy Watts on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. Thank you for listening and please join us next week.